Hi, I'm Linda, a motion coach and hypnotherapist who also loves a good sunrise yoga class, listening to the belly laughs of my baby boys, and hunting down the best vegan donuts. This podcast is for ambitious and high-performing women who want to feel fulfilled in all areas of their life. I'm here to give you practical tips and mindset shifts that will help you to put your self-love skills into action. Welcome. I want to do something a little bit different today. I want to read to you a small passage from this book that I got not too long ago. It's called Black Women's Yoga History, and it's by Stephanie Evans. It's on memoirs of inner peace, and it focuses on the history of how yoga, mindfulness, mindful movement have been used as a form of resistance, as well as self-care and self-empowerment within the history of um, Black women's healthcare, um, but kind of healthcare that they employ on their own, and how it relates to other efforts to resist oppression, um, incredible amounts of stress, and so on. So this passage that I'm going to read to you today is actually from the conclusion. And she's talking about, um, or giving a summary of how she answers the question, you know, how have black women elders managed their stress? And so I'll start here, um, page 341, if you decide to buy the book for yourself too. It says, we lay down, sit, stretch, chant, walk, and practice Tai Chi and Qigong. We write, read, play the piano, listen to Motown, and ride a bus, train, or airplane. We scuba dive in the Indian Ocean. We luxuriate in red velvet rooms, pray in churches and mosques and ashrams, breathe in private sanctuaries, and love freely in hippie communes. We sit in Paris coffee shops and on our back porches, ride horses and contemplate rocks and sand in Japanese gardens in Tokyo. We meditate to heal from debilitating illness and to gain strength for athletic victory. We sip tea, drink wine, smoke herb. We fast, purify with water, eat vegan, or embrace vegetarianism. We cook and we eat. We draw, paint, dance, and sing. We meditate to remember, to forget, to honor God, and to honor loved ones. We practice yoga. We meditate to relax and to live. And we relax and live to resist the forces that have been trying to kill us for centuries. Black women's memoirs show that before 1975, self-care strategies like yoga and meditation were valuable for personal, professional, and collective liberation. Black women elders have learned, as Anna Julia Cooper suggests, how to stand aside from the hum and rush of human interest and passions and have left memoirs of how taking time to listen to the voice of God calmed their nerves. So I wanted to share that with you because I, I love the vast, the vast array, <laughs> the vast um, examples that are given here of ways that self-care has translated into um, the the healing of the body and the mind, whether it's through what we are ingesting, how we're moving our bodies, the spaces that we decide to take up space, um, what we allow our eyes to see and, and, and to focus on. And I think it's um, 
this is particularly relevant, obviously, for black women, of which I'm obviously one, um, you know, because of the just the, the different forms of stressors that we face regularly. Even if we don't necessarily have disadvantaged lives, um, I would say that I am a fairly privileged black person in some ways. Um, just the community that my parents decided to raise me as, you know, African immigrants who were looking to make sure they gave their kids, um, you know, the best education possible and kind of just worked their butts off um, to live in, you know, a, a safe neighborhood and all these different things. Um, there are certain privileges that I have now as a result of multiple sacrifices that they made early on. Um, and even with that, even with those privileges um, and the opportunities that I have been given, um, I certainly still continue to face stressors that are unique to me as a black woman. And so I think um, take that as you will, whatever, um, you know, position, whatever place you inhabit in society yourself, you may look the same as me, you may look very different from me. Um, almost all of us have something that we struggle with that gives us just ongoing challenges that we may find hard to manage at times or heavy to carry. And, you know, everyone's challenges look very different. Um, but I love the way that she dives deep into how yoga and mindfulness have played a very specific and ongoing role in the liberation of black women, because I, I think that can be translated out to lots of different experiences. It's amazing how something that can seem so, I don't know, every day. I mean, at this point, yoga has been so westernized. And the way that we think about yoga can be very different from like the actual origins or the actual purpose of it in terms of, you know, being a tool to enhance uh, one's ability to settle their minds. You know, yoga actually means the cessation of the fluctuation, uh, fluctuations of the mind. Um, and how it can become a workout or like cute clothing or having a certain body type <laughs> um, or being a certain body uh, altogether. Um, but it really is so much more than that if you let it. And, um, you know, I'm very proud to be a yoga instructor. I do not consider myself to be a traditional yoga instructor and yoga instructor who I say traditional, I guess I mean more modern day, um, where the focus is on some of those things I just mentioned. Um, you know, I think all the most inspiring yoga teachers really have a different, uh, different handle on what it's all actually about, right? And really loving your body, caring for your body, um, loving your mind, caring for your heart, right? Um, taking care of your vagus nerve and, your parasympathetic nervous system and all these big terms I could use. And um, I do explain a lot of these in, inside my course, self-love skills, but um, basically all different ways to support the, the health and well-being of your body and to make sure that your mind is intact so you can handle the stressors and the challenges that come up in everyday life. And it's a tool that can even be a form of liberation. Like that's how powerful it is. I want you to explore for yourself, maybe in the upcoming days and weeks, 
how you might be able to utilize yoga and mindfulness as part of your own liberation, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever heavy burdens you're carrying. I do think it is uh, just a powerful, transformative way of being uh, in process, a way of being with yourself that I, I, I would like more people to take advantage of and really experience in a, in a really genuine way, in a really authentic way. So I know this is very different from my usual discussions with you, um, but it's something I do want to talk more about with those of you who are interested in sticking around and listening. Um, of course, I talk about lots of other things too. And I, I feel like this is just a really important piece for us to explore more together. And um, yeah, you know, I, I just I feel strongly that if I come across a good thing, I, my first instinct really is just to share it with the next person. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't ever want the good stuff to stop with me. That, that just feels foolish. When I come across something good, valuable, meaningful, um, something that has impacted and changed my life, like yoga, like some of the other things that I talk about, um, on this channel and on the podcast, you know, I want to tell you all about it. So that's what I'm doing. Anyway. I hope that this um, blesses you in some way and that you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. You hung with me to the end, my Shiro. If you benefited from this episode, please say thanks by leaving a wonderful review. It helps me know what's helping you the most and allows more like-minded women to find and learn from this podcast. We don't want to keep all the good stuff for ourselves. See you next time.